Yes, yes, yes. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to... The Chiss Ascendancy. Episode 35. We made Big it. Big 3-5, we made it. <laughs> hey, so we've been waiting on this specific episode for quite some time. That Mandalorian yep. trailer we've been promising for months and months finally delivered. Now I kind of know how it feels to be the company that ships something and is like, we don't know, the U.S. Postal Service sucks. Because we've been promising, don't worry guys, the trailer's coming out eventually. And Eventually. Uh, eventually. So now it's here. And so today we're doing, a, we're going to watch the trailer just by itself. And then we're going to do kind of a frame-by-frame -frame breakdown. We've been waiting forever for this. Um, there is some newsy news, though, before we start. Um, so uh, on my just usual everyday Star Wars uh, research, it has been, I guess this is a semi-spoiler. It was severely hinted at. Semi-close your ears. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, <clears throat> okay, so this is a spoiler for season two of The Mandalorian, so if you don't want to hear it... Uh, I'm not typically a spoilers kind of guy. Like, I usually do my utmost to avoid it, but right, I think this right. is worth knowing. It's worth knowing. And it's not a spoiler of um, it, actual content. Yeah, no events are ruined. Right. No content is released. Okay, so uh, showcast.com.au, short for Australia, is uh, the company, or one of the companies that helps uh, an actor by the name of Tamura Morrison. Uh, that's kind of the agency that he, or that's the that's the area that his agency rolls through to kind of put his information out there, height, weight, eye color, what roles he's done in the past and stuff. Um, but like, you know, who doesn't know though? Right, know exactly. Um, so to uh, to get him future jobs. So as of a few days ago, uh, Showcast.com has a credit on his um, whatever you want to call it portfolio. For 2020 on the television series The Mandalorian, playing the role of Boba Fett. Fett. Officially, at least semi-confirmed. His own agent's the one that put it online, though, so that's pretty much a dead giveaway. I could not be more happy with this if news. This is a, if this is a trap, I'm going to be very upset. If this is a trap, this is the most elaborate trap since the Death Star number two over the forest moon of Endor, because... It's like a third-party site that his agent put up there. So, who knows, man. But it who seems knows. like that's the real deal. It seems like it's really happening. And so, Tamura Morrison, for those of you who don't know, he played Jango Fett in Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. The he's the template father. dog. And so, um, he's going to be back playing Boba Fett, and I can't wait. It's going to be sick. Oh, man. I'm pretty excited for it. Dude, I can't wait for him to... I hope that he at least says one line from the original Battlefront 2. Mm. Like if he does something and he just says, "When do I get paid?" That would be sick. That would be cool. Um, crap, I get his lines mixed up because he vo he voices Django and Boba in that game. I think Django is the one that says 100, 200, 300. You guys are gonna make me rich. Yeah, Anyways, I think that is Django. Anything he says is gonna be dope. That's um, sick. So, like I said, here's what we're going to do. We've been working on some new tech to try to make this happen for you guys. Uh, so, first, we're just going to do a, a pure listen and watch through the Season 2 trailer. Yep. And then, after that, we'll do a breakdown and just kind of give some speculation. Speculation is one of my favorite parts of Star Wars, 
right before I get disappointed. <laughs> no, but it's going to be awesome, so stay tuned, and we're going to break this trailer all the way down. Episode 35, break it wide open. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> I don't know what I'm referencing. It's something, though. It's something. It's... Trailer's finally here. Christmas time is here. Except for instead of a terrible small tree, it's an actual trailer for The Mandalorian Season 2. We're all film. safety deemed such destruction. You must reunite it with its own kind. Where? This you must determine. The songs of eons past tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi. You expect me to search the galaxy and deliver this creature to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way. You know this is no place for a child. so tough for me not to just give all my thoughts the whole time um so we'll watch it again and then we will do we can pause we can talk over it or whatever we can just pause um man it's the the first thing that i really noticed is something silly but we'll get to that in a second okay Open this bad boy back up again. Back to the beginning. Okay. Nope. It's funny having you do this side of things. What do you mean? Well, usually I do it. It's like riding shotgun when you're usually the driver. Is it nice? 
Is it a bumpy ride? From a certain point of view. All right, so here of we go. Of course I know. He's me. We'll, we'll do it again, and then uh, pause. All right, so we're over uh, some kind of a planet. My initial thought is Tatooine. Looks like Jupiter. <laughs> There's Earth. Here's my thing. If, no. To me. Solar system jokes? Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. Are those two different planets, or is one a moon of another one? Is there another, is one? There another one? It looks like two planets to me. Um, Typically, moons don't have so much personality, but, I mean, it's Star right. Wars. But there's Forest Moon of Indoor. Right, that's why there's... I said, but it's Star Wars. Right, I'm just thinking. Um, a moon. Could be things that we know, could be things that we don't know yet. But <laughs> my thought was, what if this is Yavin in the far distance, and this is the moon of Yavin? But, um, or I'm sorry... If this is Yavin in the foreground, and, and then the Yavin moon of Yavin. But Yavin and New Hope is so much more red than this. So my thought is maybe it's uh, just Tatooine. I don't know. The Razor Crest, crest looking rough. It's seen better days. It's seen better that days. That bay door that... is swinging wide open. I know. If you're ever driving down the highway and you see a Honda Civic with like the trunk popped open. They've got a whole refrigerator in there. There's things going wrong there. Yeah. There's things going wrong there. Hold it together with bungee cables. Yeah. Tie something red on it. It's not illegal if there's something red tied to it. I heard a comedian say, my mom growing up thought Vicks cured everything. That's <laughs> like throwing up. Put Vicks on. Put some Vicks on that bay door. Come on, Din Djarin. That sick Mongolian throat metal. Show me the one whose safety deemed such destruction. Um, so all the quotes in here, just to clarify, this is from the end of season one. Right. So this is not new speech besides stuff towards the very end. Um, and I say that because something important happens in a second. You must reunite so it with some kind. It's failing me, but it looks like the planet that a lot of Ahsoka's arc takes place on before she goes to Mandalore. Well, that's on Coruscant. After that, though. Um, with In the, season uh, seven? Yeah, with the hmm. Pikes, is it? That she's rescuing those sisters from. Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about? It looks like this. When the first when the, you first see uh, Man. Mandalore kind of like watching her. Ba, 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 ba. You know what yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah, I can't remember either. I, I would want to say Kessel, but Kessel yeah, doesn't look like this. That. Um, the child, mental war walking down the street. Okay, this is really funny to me because he's like, she's like, there's a, you need to take him to his people. Mm -hmm. And the way that the trailer is timed, it looks like this Bantha is going, where? Look, I'll just rewind by two seconds. So we're at 37 seconds. So if we go back. You must reunite it with its own kind. Watch, watch the Bantha's face. Where? This you must determine. <laughs> I've been waiting to make that joke for like a week and a half. The songs of the um, Okay, lost. so something interesting. Yeah. Hold on, I'll let her... Hold on. Tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi. Okay, so she's talking about a battle between Mandalore the Great and mm -hmm. the Jedi. And they're on kind of a snowy planet. Yeah. Ilum? I... It's probably not this, but... Oh, in the Revan book... Say. Yeah. Revan kills Mandalore the Great, mm -hmm. and he takes his mask, and he hides it in a glacier on a snow planet. Mm -hmm. 
So just the timing makes me think if he's going looking for like Mandalorian relics, trying to trace, you know, where the Jedi might have been. That would be the deepest cut. It would be super dope. Ever. I'm like 98% sure they're not going to do it, but it would be right? sick. Also, on this frame right here, can we talk about how this this young person right here has a fish tank backpack? Look, as they're walking, Is it's that like minion slosh, from, slosh. from freaking uh, Mega Mind. Yeah. Going off the rails on the crazy train, sir. <laughs> That's him. Um, my assumption is we're on um, Moncala right here because you've got this is a Corin fishing village, yeah, there are a lot and of it corn. looks like right here on the left. Use my little mousey mouse here. These look like uh, Mon Calamari, possibly. Here's the fish backpack. There's a lot of Corin and a lot of Corins here. There's also a Moncal over here. Moncal like. right here. Yeah. Corin, typical back of their head, and you know what's back there. Two grapefruits. <laughs> you look up the back of a corn's head and tell me what you see. Listeners Looks back like home. a baboon's backside. <laughs> um, very cool. Okay, so... You expect me to search the galaxy and deliver this creature to a race of enemy sorcerers? Okay, the reason that I talked about the voiceovers from last season... Um, the reason that's important to me is because this character that we just see in the black robe, um, I don't think that's a Jedi. So a lot of people are like, oh, he's talking about a, an enemy race of sorcerers. That must be this person on screen. And it's very misleading because of the timing of the talk and right. the... Blend. I don't know. She could be a force user, but from what we know... The, spec the heavy speculation is that that is... There are not a lot of adult Jedi in the galaxy at this correct. point. Correct. Not only are there not a lot of... This is only five years after Return of the Jedi. So in Legends, there was a lot of... You know, you have a character named Kyle Katarn, who is a Force-sensitive stormtrooper. He defects, ends up being one of the strongest Jedi Masters in the Order by the time of... The time period of what we have is the sequel trilogy mm -hmm. now. That's not happening a lot in Disney Star Wars. Right. So... The only Star or stormtroopers I know of that defect in this particular year would be the... Uh, guy that just really had it out for the do-back riders because he really wanted a do-back <laughs> and he defected They're and stole fast. a do-back and ran off into the wilds with it. Yeah, so um, this character is played by, um, oh crap, what's her name? Sasha Banks? Sasha Banks. She's a pro wrestler. I know absolutely nothing about pro wrestling, so I don't even know if she's a good actress or not. But because she's a wrestler, I have to assume she has some kind of acting ability. Ooh, Zing. Um, but the rumors... UFC fans here. <laughs> Real fighting fans here. Bye, ferrets. Um, my understanding is that Sasha Banks, it's rumored to be playing the character Sabine Wren, which is a Mandalorian female from the show Star Wars Rebels. Overrated. What? I didn't hear anything. Um, I am a little booty hurt that we're probably going to see Ahsoka and Sabine live action before we see my boy Thrawn. You know? Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Next week we'll talk about Thrawn, though, and it'll be all yes, right. Yes, we finally finished the book. It was great. Uh, a lot of thoughts. Okay. So he's got to reunite it with its own kind. Enemy sorcerers. Black hooded girl disappears. Mudhorn clan. Mudhorn clan. This okay, is check the this way. out. So Thrawn Mokala, Thrawn Fishing Boat. Very. Okay. What does that remind you of, the boat? I don't know. Reminds me of uh, 
the uh, Dooku book, Jedi Lost. Mm-hmm. It talks about how he has like an actual boat. Yeah, I can't think of a time... And how much of a flex that was. Have we seen an actual boat before? Uh, we kind of saw a boat in uh, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah, kind of that skiffy thing. Mm-hmm. And then, hey, you know what's really cool? Even if you're not a fan of The Last Jedi, there was a lot of really cool visual stuff. And remember when they're on Canto Bight and they're on that, uh, basically like that boat casino? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it yeah. goes over the edge, and I was like, they're going over the falls. And it just starts I lost it over the falls. It's very treasure planet. And yeah, it just keeps going. That was a cool visual. And then you had Joseph that Gordon. That's a good idea. That is a good idea. And I stand by. You have, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt was the guy who voiced the, uh, the Abenito, the little catfish looking dudes that was like, they parked right here on the beach. So that was cool. Here's a little nugget for you. Two X-Wings escorting the Razor Crest. Um, now, is it a, you're under arrest for you being escorted, or is it, hey, we're helping you take the child to Luke Skywalker, we're escorting you? Yeah. Or oh, that would be sick. what else it might be is kind of a, uh, like a touchback to, was it episode six? When they had, it was kind of more of a filler episode with the prison barge. Cause oh, um, I, yeah, maybe six. X-Wing pilots would have seen the Razor Crest leaving the scene. Right. And they kind of let them go at For the sure. time. But. Well, also, here's something that I don't know if you picked up. See right here on, uh, this is what's called an S-foil. I'm really geeking mm-hmm. out today. On the S-foils of the X-Wing, um, to the right of the Razor Crest, the left of your screen, um, right here, these little barbershop blue lines, you know whose X-Wing that is? Uh, would it be Wedge? Nope. The greatest Jedi of all time, Luke Skywalker. In Star is that Wars, to his? Mm-hmm. in Star Wars: A New Hope, George Lucas put the blue barbershop pole on Red Five so that you could see your hero ship. Hmm. So it was kind of like I think one of it was to help film, film stuff. You know, hey, we're focusing on this one, and I think it was also kind of an Easter egg to be like, now when you're watching the movie, you know which one's Luke when they're in a squadron. So obviously, could they add? You know, this could be a random X-wing anywhere. And they could add that, but let me tell you right freaking now, if Luke Skywalker shows up on The Mandalorian, I'll do a whole episode shirtless. We're all excited to see it. <laughs> That's more of a threat than a promise, I guess, for you, those of you watching. Okay. Anyways, I'd be excited is what I'm trying to say. See, now um, it looks more like a Daki. Are they, uh... Also, if he's trying to get, if he's trying to get away... Not happening? No, it's not happening. Well, especially if the goat's in one of those That's what I'm saying. Is Luke, is Luke is in one of those bad boys? Now, here's what it could be. It could be someone else is coming for the child. I still think that this is going to be... I think that they'll move the story along. But I do think that it's still a possibility that they will... People are still coming for the child. Mm-hmm. Still high on the, on the market. Um... So it could be, hey, we'll escort you. Someone shows up to try to get him. And when those X-Wings open up, that's an attack thing. Yeah. I like how you said the word attacky. That's funny. Um, beautiful. This looks like a nice Okay. I want to talk about this a little bit. Oh, my God. Here we go. Okay. So. All right. Here's some speculation. Like I said, it's what we're here for. Um, what one of us is here for. Speculation's fun. One time people thought Kylo Ren was Luke. 
would be a fun fanfic. Okay, so you have um, Desert Planet, my guest, Tatooine. Um, the only one. <laughs> so uh, here's the other thing. Um, one, did that bantha look small to you? Salt. <laughs> Shut up. Did that bantha look small to you at the beginning? No, he was big enough to ride. Okay, I well, yeah, obviously. But if you um, if you watch episode four, when they're like, "Hey, let's get out of here," uh, there's two Look, Tuscans. Sir, droids. There's two Tuscans per Bantha. <laughs> there's two Tuscans per Bantha, and that Bantha is huge. And the the yeah, one that he's an actual elephant. Right. So this is definitely. I was kind of sad because you can tell by the movements, it's not a real elephant. Did you know that there's a species of desert elephant? They're just called desert elephants. There's not a lot of them left. Wow. You get a little bit of everything on this podcast, folks. So don't forget to like this video, subscribe <laughs> to the channel, and share it with your friends. Star Wars <laughs> facts, nature facts, deep cut references to childhood films you've never seen. Whatever we, you like. We got it all. Um, okay, so here's here's the high speculation for me, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're on a desert planet, I assume Tatooine. Probably, yeah. The Mandalorian is on a speeder bike, and... It's a stretch. Hear me out. Okay? Right here looks a little bit like Boba Fett's jetpack. And right here mm-hmm. could What he means is that it's shaped like a rectangle and part of it's green. Two things that can also be attributed to Boba Fett's jetpack. I'll keep going. Right here definitely looks like it could be a Mandalorian helmet. Could be Boba Fett's. Okay, here's could my thought. Could be a saddlebag. Here's my thought. Could be a nursery. Maybe it's not. Who cares? Hey, you did the deep cut, hey, the Revan novel that doesn't exist in canon anymore. They could be on that snow planet, so get the freak out of here. So here's my thing. We know Boba Fett's back. We know that Tamir Morrison's playing Boba Fett, and we know from the Aftermath series that it's a very high chance that Boba Fett's armor is being worn by someone else, Cobb Vanth, the lawman of the, the West. The pretender. The spirit of the West, the guy that Timothy Oliphant's playing. Not Clint Eastwood. So what if this? What if this? This is just... I'm just shooting here. The Mandalorian seeks Boba Fett's help. And Boba Fett is the kind of guy to be like, I don't do anything for free, but I'll work for a favor. So what if he's like, hey, sure, I'll help you, but there's something that belongs to me. You bring it back to me, and I'll help you. Because I was talking to my buddy Skeleton Astronaut the other day, and he said one of the things he enjoys about The Mandalorian is that the whole series is basically like a video game. And then once every couple episodes, you get a boss. So it's like once every couple episodes, you beat up an ATST. Then you have to, you know, now use your new newly acquired jetpack to chase down this TIE fighter. Like, that's kind of how the season one went, you know? So what if it's, hey, go talk to this guy over here. Turns out it's Boba Fett. Oh, before you can help him, you have to track down his armor. Very uh, very video game yeah, yeah. style. Uh, just a thought. So it would be really cool if uh, if that was the case. I would like to see them work together a little bit. Um, so we'll see. I can definitely see both again ticked off though that there's another Mandalorian on the on the prowl. I so mean, Mandalorians kinda of stick together. Yeah. Very very uh interesting. It would be interesting if, you know, in the Clone Wars there's that part where Boba Fett's he sneaks on and he's kind of the clones within the clones mm-hmm. and they're like, We have brothers and he's like, I'm not your brother <laughs> to Gizney O'Connor McGregor, you know, like doesn't want to be friends with anyone else. Um, when you're so, 35, I'm going to be 12. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Dude. You might get the ladies first, but I'll have them for longer. Uh, so it'd be interesting right, if... It would be interesting if um, 
Hey, you the know how, like... The main said, this is the way, and Boba Fett was like, I don't give a freak about this is the way. You know, like, uh, like test tube sheep, they can't reproduce? Yeah. You think clones are impotent? Not according to Star Wars Legends. Oh, yeah, I guess they had their babies. But, again, that's Legends. And in Legends, here's a, a little tidbit for you. In Legends, you can't... At least it's canon sometimes. actually that they can reproduce. There's that episode where they had the defector. Oh, you're right. In Clone Wars, in Legends, um, a Twi'lek and a human can't crossbreed. Well, we just whizzed all over that theory mm-hmm. with the uh, defector clone, right? But yeah, so interesting. Those interesting thing. babies. What and if the... one of them like only one side grew out? Oh, <laughs> it's one head tail from their forehead. <laughs> Like a trunk out of the front of their face. <laughs> I hate head tails. It's coarse and irritating. It gets at everything. <laughs> You're just out there like like a freaking anglerfish trying to find love. Dude, that would suck. More nature documentary references. You walk up and you're just like, what's up, buddy? And you just slap their freaking head face Fresh tail. <laughs> okay, so there's my speculation. This could be... Boba Fett's jetpack slash helmet. I agree, it is green. On the back. Could be. We'll see. Um, Could be a nursery. You know, the uh, Cobb Vance character is definitely not a fan of of uh, bounty hunters, at my my guess. You know what I mean? He's not a fan of anybody who's not uh, frontier justice. Yeah. So I can see he almost becomes like a... A thorn in the in the side of the Mandalorian, and Boba Fett helps him get rid of him or something. I don't know. It'd be cool. Perhaps. I do wish that the Mandalorian was more. He definitely sides with the good guys every episode of season one. It would be cool to see him do some Mandalorian whatever's best for me stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's probably soft now that he's got a kid. He's freaking soft. Softy. Okay, here we go. Reunited with Grief Karga and Cara Dune, nice. both wearing new outfits. The super dope TIE fighter with the folding wings. Yeah, there's multiples there's of them now. bunches of them now. And I'm not sure how I feel about that, because when there's something special, I like it to be... I like there yeah, to be... Yeah, I would have liked it... You know what I mean? Yeah. Because now I, it's like, oh, less I would have liked it for... It's just his. Right. Moff Gideon's... I don't know, who knows, maybe he's a collector. Hey, would you go pick up one of my four TIE fighters and get us some lunch? Uh, running through the hallway of a Star Destroyer is my guess. Yeah, it looks very Imperial. And I love the camera angle It's got here. the Imperial geometry going on. Very stage cam. Mm. Get it from the lower angle for worship. Good work know? today, David. Yeah, shout out to David. Good job. But this is very cool. Um, Stormtroopers. I do like that it's... There's still an Imperial remnant. That's one of my favorite mm. parts of Star Wars Legends, so Apparently I like to see that uh, in Apparently it's still very strict because that armor's very shiny. Yeah, I agree. Also, there's that picture that came out that we talked about a little while ago from Entertainment Weekly, and it really looks like Moff Gideon's on the bridge of something. Mm. And so I can see this being his Star Destroyer, where he's like, you know what I mean? He's mm. still, it's kind of like um, in the original Thrawn trilogy, or the Empire trilogy, it's like Thrawn's fleet is still very much, we're still the Empire. And I like, nice, nice Harry Potter reference. Thanks. Um, I do like also that. Uh, Thrawn refuses to call it the New Republic. He's like, yeah, we're in a fight with the Rebellion still. Because in his mind, the the Empire is still going. So you can't have an Imperial and a New Republic at the time. Um, Very cool. So they're running down this hallway. This is one of the coolest shots in the whole freaking thing. 
It's pretty cool. You've got the so if you pause it, you got the Imperial Speeder version of the boat from Canto Bite. There's obviously uh, there's obviously some dead stormtroopers right here. So there's already this been some like, and you wouldn't know this because you didn't play the game, but this looks very much like a map that's in Fallen, Fallen Order? Order. Oh, really? It would be on uh, what's that planet? The one with the it felt like Dagon Portal. <laughs> Oh, um, I'm spacing out. Brain fart. I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah. brain fart. It'll come through. That's a cool planet. It'll come. <laughs> it'll come through when I'm not trying to remember it. Oh, that's funny. One time, uh, a friend of mine, when he was a little kid, he's asking. They're at the museum, and he's asking his mom what the different kinds of dinosaurs it was. And he was like, "Mom, what kind of dinosaur is this?" And she goes, "Heck, if I know." And he goes, "Okay, heck, if I know." Like that was the name Zepho. of the dinosaur. Zepho. Yeah, it looks like Zepho. Very cool. I'm here for it. Um, It'd be a cool reference. I do really like the uh, here. I like that the speeders, if you drop them hard enough, they hit the ground. Yeah. You know? You know this is no the place for it. A um, little toe drag action. That's cool. And then... Who do we have um, uh, coming out of the water there? The Mandalorian. Is it him? Yeah. See his helmet? Yeah. Um, also, I heard that this looks similar to... Uh, a scene from Fallen Order. Uh, yeah, there's a flooded corridor scene in Fallen Order. So, a child um, gets to use the jetpack, and he's going. He's jetting. And then also, this is a very, very interesting. I'm glad it paused right here. This is a very interesting scene. Um, this guy hanging upside down. Yeah, this guy's hanging upside down, and I can't tell what that is. A lynching. Like, what, yeah, who's getting strung up here? Um, and it's interesting because I heard one other podcaster say that maybe it's a Tuscan. So if that's a Tuscan, then maybe this is a... No, it's not a Tuscan. Well, all these robes are falling upward. So if, who knows if, you know what I'm saying? We're seeing the pant underneath whatever robes are being it just doesn't look pulled Tuscan up. To me. I agree, the color but it's, all wrong. it's a weird uh, combination. But I do love the uh, Star Wars graffiti here. Um, right here, very probably city planet. This right here looks very look much like a first order stormtrooper helmet, but obviously it wouldn't be. Um, over here, man, here's a here's a trooper helmet graffiti right there. I would not be shocked if Dave Filoni directed this episode if there's like a loath cat somewhere. Hmm. But a bunch of stuff. It's basically it's very cool. I don't know where they filmed this. Yeah, what if uh, Mando's doing a little. You know, Spider-Man action. Yeah, they're filming in Portland, apparently. <laughs> this place has been shot to heck. Wow. And uh, so it looks like he's shooting this person down, helping them down. So maybe this is a, a, a good guy character. Or a friend. He's still alive. Wherever I go, he... Wherever I go, he goes. Very cool. Yeah, this is sick. I love the concept of, like... Gamorrean gladiator boxing. Wherever I go, he goes. It's uh, when he's walking in right here. You know what maybe this reminds me of this scene? Maybe it's earlier in the trailer. But there, it looks like they're walking into a Jedi temple on an ice planet. Almost kind of where... Like, there Elam. is a Jedi planet or a Jedi ice planet temple in Fallen Order as well. Is it Elam? Maybe. Uh, yeah, Elam's on the list. 
Um, and then in the Clone Wars, remember the episode where the younglings get their crystals? Mm-hmm. That's on Ilum. Yeah, that's what I, I figured. It was the same. I couldn't remember the name from the episodes, though. Walking into the... Um, Wherever. It looks like he's just in the middle of nowhere, but this is a very deceiving frame because we have no clue what's on the outside of all this. It looks like the ice cave in uh, Snow Dogs. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe Cuba Goody Jr. is in there. And his career, is, his career is always pliers. also in there. Lost. I go, he goes. Maybe he's listening to the radio. Falling into atmosphere. So this, to me, is... No. I didn't hear what you said. Maybe he's in there listening to the radio. <laughs> with a, Sitting in a shopping cart. With a... <laughs> oh. Oh, Maybe his friend's in there with a stiff hand that is directly proportional to a canteen to hold your whiskey in. Oh, R.I.P. Dad. R.I.P. Uh, knockoff Count Dooku character guy. Um, Each before he feeds his dogs. Um, this looks right here in frame. Uh, the Razor Crest is falling into atmosphere and it's on fire. Very similar to still flying half a ship from episode three. Yeah, very similar to anything falling in atmo. And uh, also the asteroids from the beginning of Dinosaur that destroyed the island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I was going to say this looks like a continuation of... One of the, op- the the very opening scene where he's like just adrift. Yeah, just absolutely, you know, just wrecked. What I'm if he's sure. getting ready to try to deliver? Let's say this is the ice planet, and he's been trying to take the child to Ilum. Oh no, it wouldn't catch on fire in an ice planet. To <sighs> here we go. Let's just assume. No, it would. I was. Just he's joking. trying to get to Ilum or somewhere. Because an ice planet would be cold. And uh, I got the joke. He's trying to get there, and the New Republic X-Wings are helping him, and then they get blown to bits by whoever, and that's why the Razor Crest is in such bad shape to start the film, or start the trailer, and now it's finally falling into atmosphere. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, we're walking into an arena. I like that they have the flags up there. It looks kind of like uh, Maz's, Maz's castle. Yeah. Um, I like some, the puffy shorts. Yeah. Very Victorian. Uh, very, uh, man, these are like featherweight. Gamorians. Twiggy dudes. They are little little piggies. These little piggies cried wee wee wee. So I've heard. Okay, let's talk about this guy. Freaking uh there's a character from the Cantina uh whose name is Mayo, M Y O. And uh he's a he's a character like this. He's actually a very prominent energy drink tycoon. Mm. Have you heard of his stuff? Mio? Mio Energy. That's so funny. Um and I'm pretty sure that in the from a certain point of view book, when they're in the the Cluehorn Cantina caper, Don't remind me. Um, I think that he's in there, and his vo- he's the guy that's like I don't know, like he has a fighting problem. Um, this guy seems more intelligent, and he says no no place for a and child. The jolly green giant says draw your weapons. <laughs> right. He's the one that says this is no place for a child. Din Djarin says wherever I go, he this goes. He's got the forebrow of a troglodyte. And <laughs> this guy says, I know. And you got three thugs drawing their blades. Whistling birds. The, the child freaking... knowing exactly what to do. The child closes the cradle. <laughs> death on death on death on death on death. The Foley artist really outdoing themselves there. And then, man, if you look at it, it looks like the stands have been freaking cleared here. This is probably much later in that same episode. Um, but uh, killing a Dathomirian warrior here very much looks like a Knight Brother. 
Not that he is, but that's definitely what they look like. Yeah, he doesn't have those ceremonial tattoos. It looks like those dinosaurs that used to butt heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even know what they're called because we called them bonk heads our whole life. Yeah. Um, you know what I really hope is I hope – I've always wanted to see Boba Fett do this, but I hope – oh, look at this guy rising from the dead. I really hope that this knife that he throws into this dude's chest is – um, A vibrant blade would be sick, and I also hope he pulls it from, like, his shin guard. Because when you're watching Boba Fett, he always has those little knickknacks in his shins, but we yeah. never get to see him use them. This is the way. Let me see if I can find that ice planet from the very beginning. There's somewhere looks where... Like it could be an ice planet. There's somewhere where he's... Um, when he's it's first walking green. into that cave... It's like, uh, maybe it's this. It's right after this. It looks like there's a... She talks about the battle between Jim and Right. Where? Where? This you must the determine. See how much smaller the band is? So here's the ice The planet. songs of Eon's yeah, past. Like Tell of battle. See, look, there's the Razor Quest, and it's all shot to heck. See, there's a giant tear right there on the side. This is all crumpled. This is all messed up. So they crash on whatever that planet is. The way you're describing it reminds me of that sea urchin in Surf's Up where he's like, Look at this. Broken, broken, broken. <laughs> Talking I haven't seen his... Surf's Up in forever. Talking about his little spines. Between Mandalore the Great and an order of... There's that dadgum fish backpack. Pretty cool. Sorcerers called Jedi. Did I miss it? Is that like... You expect me to search the galaxy and deliver this creature to a race of enemy sorcerers? I need water to survive. A system this that just puts water on your body? You know this is no place for a child. So that the guy that says so I've heard I think that's John Favreau makes sense I'm looking for that maybe I just saw a picture of it from something we've watched all the ice planets there's only dang I really thought that only the one safety deemed such destruction all the ice caves dang I must have missed it or I must have been reading something somewhere but so this has to be Tatooine, right? Because Jawa's made it off-world, but I don't see Tuscans doing that because everything they do is sacred. Yeah. They wouldn't leave there. Unless God told them to. <laughs> um, dude, it's this, this little place here. Oh, it's a past. Tell of battles between Andalore the Great. But uh, that's the trailer. And that's the kind of the breakdown. It's really not really as much of a breakdown as it is like a our thoughts kind of thing. What else is there, really? <laughs> uh, so by the time this comes out, it'll be September twenty-first, and um, tomorrow. That means that we have a month and nine days 
till episode one of Mandalorian season two. So I'm excited. I there's so much going on. And last season we did get at least two trailers, and so I'm interested yeah, I'm to see some more to drop. I'm interested to see if there's going to be another one. Is there's there enough time. One? Let's see, two trailers, yeah, a TV spot or something. Um, very very cool. Any anything stand out to you now that we broke it down that you didn't see before? I think we covered most of the stuff that I thought about. The only thing that was really like. I would be really excited would be if they would kind of touch on the Mandalore, the great arc, mm-hmm. you know, because that's Revan's history. It would kind of yeah. reattach the... I mean, that's kind of, in my mind, the greatest intersection of the Jedi and the Mandalorians. Yeah. I think that the, in canon material, the greatest interaction between the Mandalorians and the Jedi would be Tar Vizsla, the creator of the Darksaber. Mm. So... You could be going to whatever planet the um, the Jedi Temple was on that he was a part of, if it wasn't Coruscant, you know what I mean? I've also wondered how that works. You know, in Star Wars Rebels, there's a Jedi Temple on Lothal. There's obviously some kind of a facility on Ilum and stuff like that. I wonder... Look at that one on Jedha. Oh, yeah. That was like a super, super old one. Um, but it, it does make me wonder, like, how does, if the, by the time of the prequels, the Jedi Council basically is on course on 24-7 if they're not off doing something. Like, yeah. that's home base. So, would other temples just be specifically for training, specifically for knowledge, specifically, well, I think or are they all kind of shut down and everybody's just functioning out of that one? The one in Ilum specifically was designed for the ice caves fighting the Kyber crystals. Right. You know what I mean? So that right. was definitely a very specialized one. It seems like the one on Jetta was also very kyber-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like they were kind of trying to dominate and police the areas that had resources that were significant to the Jedi. Right. Um, it's also interesting because it would be cool if that was Ilum, if you go into the caves and it's been like strip-mined. Well, and it would because be, that would be because they they stole a bunch of Kyber for the Death Star. It would be the first time that we would have seen Baby Yoda interact somewhere that was highly force sensitive. Oh man, you know what I mean? Cool. Yeah, that maybe he would have a force vision, or that through his connection with the child, Mando would have a force vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting because I'm very curious to see like what the development of his personality is as far as uh being more of a father figure no I, i'm talking about uh the child mm. i want to see what his you know his evolution of as he grows right now he's he's not helpless because he has the force but he is uh he's not able to communicate really he's a he's a baby right but if you if we look at um, I don't know. The timeline's all messed up for me because I think in human terms... It just seems to me like it would be inconsistent with the... With Yoda's timeline? With the kind of timeline that they've already established for the child, that he's, you know, sentient but barely able to communicate, barely able to process, and he's 50 years old. Right. It doesn't make sense to me that he would automatically just have, like, the comprehension power of a... Right, you know, a right, right. ...an adult For overnight. sure. And that's why... I guess what I mean is, okay, High Republic book coming out in January... 
it's 400 years before the prequels, which means that Yoda is between four and 500 years old, mm-hmm. right? And they say that he's at his prime, and he's a journeyman, and he's like, you know, big boss. So if he's 400, and the, ba- and the child is 50, so he's one-eighth of his age. So I guess if your prime is 30, then one-eighth one of that is, you know, less than four. I don't know. I just feel like he's... I know that's like human year math or whatever, but I feel like he should be able to communicate more than just like... But I get that the cuteness sells. I mean, Yoda could barely speak English, so... <laughs> I mean, yes. But... Uh, Maybe it's just part of the species. It also makes me wonder, will the focus of this season... You know, we got so much Mandalorian lore. Mm-hmm. Last season, maybe some secret Jedi lore. That'd be Will cool. it shift to Jedi this season? Because the focus—it's interesting. The show's called The Mandalorian, but the focus is on the child. If you really think about it, well, everything in the season, the whole season last season was what are we doing to protect the child? The interesting thing in that regard is also that most of the interaction we saw that wasn't just third party was with the Empire. That mm-hmm. the Empire is very much like the still overarching thing. villain, right? And so we're seeing more already. And the trailers as far as the involvement of the New Republic. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that interaction develops other than just being like indifferent towards the New Republic or trying to skirt around them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That They're either going to become an ally as he, you know, finds out about Luke or they're going to become like the yeah. new enemy somehow. Oh, don't even get me started on if they use Luke. It'd be cool. I don't even know how they'd do that. Uh, I guess they would do it like they did it in... With Tarkin? No, with... Uh, Young Luke, young Leia. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, the guy that played um, the Knight of Ren at Black, which is the guy that has the hood and the Mandalorian battle axe. He, uh, Luca Zilong, I want to say is his name. Um, I've actually talked to him a little bit on Instagram. Seems like a nice guy. Um, he's the one that played the body double. for Luke Skywalker, yeah. young Luke. So, it'd be cool. I mean, they've got the technology. They've the, got they have the, tech, the resources. And that's um, Mark the, Hamill would be all the way on board. Yeah, he could do a voice, and they could. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he could do a voice, and if they need to pull some age back a little bit, they definitely could. Um, you know, man, who knows? That would be crazy. But I would be all the way for it. I mean, who knows? Maybe they could even you know reproduce young Leia. You know what I mean? Because she's supposed to be force sensitive. She's training as a Jedi. And, and she her, would be more out there. And her know. daughter, uh, Carrie Fisher's yeah, daughter, was body. the girl that played young Leia. Mm-hmm. And she was able to do some pretty cool yeah. fighting. I was impressed because obviously the Luca, the guy that's uh, the Knight of Ren slash young Luke, he's a professional martial artist, martial artist, yeah. stunt double kind of guy. So for her to be able to not look like an idiot with him around was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and because all this stuff is in-house, it's like... We don't have to hire some crazy company to help us come in and do this. Right. Disney owns Industrial right. Lights and Magic, which is what started in 77 and has been pushing the envelope in technology well, yeah. ever since. And the good thing is that Disney hasn't been shortchanging the Mandalorian either as far as yeah. resources that it gives to it. Everything has been done I think well. they, they know that the Mandalorian is the best thing that they've come up with Star Wars-wise mm-hmm. since the purchase of the franchise. Yeah. And it's also the best thing that they've come up with 
on Disney Plus. Right. Well, it, to me, it seems like they would do themselves a service to keep as little of the original trilogy characters in it as they can. Right. Because trying to rewrite that is really what got them in hot water. Right. So it, well, JJ if they were smart, a really they would good point. stay off of it as much as possible. Right. Yeah, the chances of us actually getting Luke and Leia are very yeah. slim. Because their third-party status is what has served them so well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like a whole blank slate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And J.J. Uh, Abrams made a really good point. He said, you know, I know I even I was personally disappointed with Luke's involvement in Episode 7, but because I'm trying to establish Rey and Kylo specifically as Force users... Um, it really made it hard on the story if Luke comes in any earlier than the very, the very end. end reveal, which I thought was kind of whack. But um, if they let J.J. Abrams do all three tri- uh, movies, then he could have been super cool in 8 and 9, and I don't think that he would have died. Yeah. Um, but I obviously he gave... He didn't know what Ryan Johnson's idea was. And so, and they've talked about, we didn't know what was, go- well, yeah, you know, we knew the plan the whole time was this and this and this, but recent interviews with Daisy Ridley proved that wrong because they asked, how long did you know that you were Palpatine's granddaughter? And she was like, as they were filming, JJ said, Obi-Wan is the grand grandfather. Oh, never mind, you are nobody. That's the empowerment of anybody can be used by the force. And then it was Palpatine is your grandfather. And it was, well, we're not sure. And then they shot all this stuff. Um, So I think that if J.J. could have done all three and just established Luke, that would have been great. But I agree, back to The Mandalorian, it's very, very tough to bring in a legacy character like Mm -hmm. that. Especially Luke Skywalker because some of those fans out there want another chance for Luke. automatically going to be much higher. They want another chance for Luke to do something crazy. Well, and they're going to have their own ideas about what should happen if that happens. You know, right, what I mean? right. So unless everything goes exactly scenario, like they want it to, which it never will, right, there's going to be let down. The perfect scenario for a Luke character is a Rogue One Vader scene where mm-hmm. he comes in, does something fantastic, and then that's all you get from him. Yeah, and it would be satisfying. It would be fan service. It would be fun to see Luke in his prime. Not in his prime, but like, you know, a stronger Force user. I mean, five years later... I would just love to see what George Lucas had in mind with now technology. You know what I mean? Because he had, like, grand visions for the duel between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, Mm -hmm. you know, in Jedi or in Empire even. Um, But with, like, the type of technology that produced the fight scenes that we have in Revenge of the Sith specifically. Right. You know what I mean? It would just be cool to be able to put that on film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very interesting concept. So... We'll see. Man, we can speculate all day. I would love to see... Uh, man, so it looks like we're going to get both with that. So do you still think in episode 5 of season 1, they're on Tatooine, and Mandalorian supposedly kills... Uh, I can't remember her character's name, but that woman in the desert, and at the very end, you get the static sound and the spurs that you get from Empire Strikes Back with Boba Fett. Do you... Now think that because we almost for sure know Boba's going to be in season two as Tamir Morrison, do you think that was him at the end? Or do you think that that's Cobb Vance and we've got to get Boba his armor back kind of thing? I don't know. I feel like maybe it's Boba Fett. I think Mm. it would be... It would be too much of Boba Fett's character on Cobb Vance to give him 
Boba's sound effects as well. Because as far as we know, he only reclaimed the armor, which would have just basically been the waist up for the most part. You know what I mean? So could still be his first sound. Yeah. Very interesting. I don't think he would have worn the cape either. The you strongest know. leather in the history of the world. Digested, still good. Well, apparently a Sarlacc sucks at digesting stuff because it takes him a thousand years. That's a really good point. Can you imagine how much Tums he would have to invest in? Yeah, imagine. Yeah, you're thinking about... We're thinking about the way we digest things, and it's right. like, man, when it comes out, if I eat a hot Cheeto, you know it's a hot Cheeto on the other end in 35 minutes. My biggest hang-up for all of Jedi was always that, and you'll feel the pain of being a digester for a thousand years. And I was like, he would die in three days with no water. Right, right. And they serve you meals to keep you just enough alive to feel the pain. But even still. But it's gruel and it sucks. Yeah. The butler's a real douche. The butler? Yeah. This guy <laughs> buttling inside the Sarlacc. Dude, if I was Boba Fett, I'd be worried about when I get in there being beat up by all the people I punked that fell in there before me. Like, you know, when Boba Fett walks into Jabba's palace, he's like, yeah, clean my dirty underwear. Yeah. Hey, chin tickle dude, in the, the little the, the little chin tickle is even more disgusting when you look up the total weirdo that's wearing the armor. Have you seen that guy's picture? It looks like Adolf Hitler <laughs> under there with like a disgusting I've 80s a, mustache. I've seen a meme where it was saying how Boba Fett's all this big bad, and it's and then it's a picture of him, you know, holding his helmet yeah. in between takes, and he's like. But he also looks like a guy that would say, howdy doodly, neighborino. <laughs> neighborino. That's so funny. But, man, we're just over a month away from another season of The Mandalorian. And as much as I want them to send it all at once, like Netflix does, I do like the week-by-week munchy-munch. It gives um, me time to digest the episode all at once. Right. You know what I mean? And it gives us the opportunity to fight the urge to do a Mandalorian episode every single week. Yeah. So maybe we'll end up, I don't know, we can consider doing bonus content and having side review episodes of those but um we'll cross that bridge in a few weeks yep but that's our breakdown for the mandalorian trailer hopefully we get another one and that'd be amazing so stay tuned and don't forget the force will be with you always and uh you know it's a good idea to keep in mind uh that wherever you go (coughs) the only fat you have yet is me we'll see you next week see you next week